Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. Today's episode is brought to you by Wise, the account that helps you manage your money around the world, which is huge for travelers. I've been a customer and a fan for 10 years. The Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, and they do it all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This service has been so critical for me in my life as a traveler, as a nomad, as somebody living abroad, and you can join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account can help you out on the road at wise.com slash travel. That's wise, W-I-S-E dot com slash travel, or download the app. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. When you're a kid and when things are fine, you're traveling, uh, you're going to school, you're, you're having a normal life like any other kid. You, you dream of big things. But then when the war started... All of a sudden, you don't see any airplanes crossing the sky. All of a sudden, there's, there's nothing. There's just basically, you're like in a, in a little bubble, you're like in a jail. You know what I mean? We, we couldn't leave the country. We couldn't leave with our family and friends who lived abroad. So one thing for me was to, every time when I would see an airplane pass the sky, I would make a wish and I would wish for it to take me to the country where, where it was going. That is T.N. Nena, today's guest, who talk about what it was like growing up in Serbia, then known as Yugoslavia, experiencing war, economic sanctions, and bombings, and today they share how they were able to escape and fulfill their dream of world travel through jobs in the aviation industry, and after many, many years as senior flight attendants who have spent nearly 20,000 hours on a plane, they've flown around the world 400 times you know they have some insanely valuable advice to share that will help you stay safe and healthy on every plane trip you take, along with things you should definitely not do. And this is a big no. It's actually a very dangerous moment. And as a traveler, you're going to want to stick around to hear these tips, trust me. Also, you're going to hear about the crazy serendipitous story behind how they met, advice for introverts in a profession or aspiring to be in one that requires you to put yourself out there. Of course, plenty of wild passenger stories, including the worst accidentally I left something behind on the plane story I've ever heard, a memorable celebrity encounter, some medical emergency tales, and I had to ask, do people actually try to do the Mile High Club thing? Plus, they also share some nightmare passenger stories like this one. So now, as I'm standing there, you see another passenger hitting the other one behind him. And, and we have a situation, you know. Are you ready for this? Because it's time for takeoff. Bad airplane puns sold separately. Welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life 
with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. So excited to have the Sky Babes on the show today, as they call themselves. T and Nana, together they have flown across the world over 400 times, and they visited two-thirds of this wonderful planet. So after 13 million miles packed in their suitcases, (laughs) they know a thing or two about self-care on a plane, something we should all do, and of course, stories for miles, pun intended. Sorry, I told you there was going to be some bad airplane puns in this show. I'm really excited to bring you this interview. I should mention as well something I didn't say at the top. Of course, there's some destination talk in here. I mean, they have visited two-thirds of the planet, so we have to get some of their tips for places to stay. And a subject that came up that I don't think has ever come up in hundreds of Zero to Travel podcast episodes, and come on, don't pretend like you've never been there before. Okay, the reason why I say don't pretend like you've never been there before is because we're talking about farting on a plane. (laughs) I said it. It does come up, and you'll hear their take on it. It's a natural part of uh, getting sky high, if you will. What do you do in that situation? Well, that's for you to know and for just you to know, I guess. I was going to say for others to find out, but that really depends on which way you go. Right. Enough about that. This is a fun one. Hope you enjoy it and stick around on the back end. I will share a little airplane fact, something I didn't know and something that yeah, was uh, not that surprising, I guess, in practicality. But yeah, just an interesting fact I didn't know. You might find it of interest as well. Plus a funny quote from one of the best comedies of all time. Stick around for that. Now enjoy this conversation. I'll see you on the other side, my friend. Emirates, flight 432 to Auckland via Singapore. Boarding now at gate number 13. That would have been funny. And if we start doing this whole thing and then we forget to hit record. (laughs) Yes, that's that. Well, you know, no matter how long you've been doing something, you still make mistakes, right? Yeah, that's I, true. I, I'm sure you have a few stories about that from your experience in the aviation industry. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you sure never make any mistakes anymore, right? No, you, we do, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, in aviation, you try to not to make mistakes because, you know, it's a, it, it's a pretty well-organized uh, yeah, environment. So that's why there's so many rules. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully nobody makes a safety mistake, but all the other mistakes Yeah. Yeah, well, can be rectified, but yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it, SOPs in aviation are much more clear and much more respected because of, you know, limited resources, time, everything. So you have to respect them, but yes, as you said, of course, if it's safety and security, always say safety and security, then then that's fatal. Others, like service-wise and other things, that's that's manageable. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you have a lot of advice to share today. So I'm going to give you a little introduction here, if you don't mind. <laughs> of course. Because I'm sitting here with Tay, T, excuse me. I was going to say Nina and Tay. It's T and Nana. Nana. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> My guests today have 20 years of experience in the aviation industry as senior flight attendants and recruiters for a prestigious international airline. They've flown across the world 400 times, spent nearly 20,000 hours on a plane as flight attendants, 
And today, they're going to help us learn how to take care of ourselves on the plane. We're going to talk about their book, Call Me Sky Babe, the unfiltered, laugh out loud, empowering guide to finding your way to health, love, and joy while flying, and much more. So T and Nana, welcome to the Zero to Travel Thank podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm rolling <laughs> out the red so- carpet, proverbially. <laughs> yes. So where do you live respective to each other? Uh, we are 40 kilometers away, but we're both in Dubai, in United Arab Emirates, in, in the Middle East. <laughs> okay. And yeah. we may get to how you ended up there on your life journey. But one of the things we got to talk about before, and I wanted to start with how you guys met, because that was a really interesting story. I want people to hear how how that mm-hmm. happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want us to say first why we moved to Dubai, and uh, and then from there maybe you know it will. Yeah, be- I mean, if you think that that's the way to go, it's your story. I'll let you tell it. <laughs> T, do you want to start? You you came here first. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm just a little bit older as well. So thanks for that. Uh, yeah, well, for me, um, uh, straight after uh, university, I decided to uh, to find a job uh, as a flight attendant. And not that it was it was actually a, a plan. It was somewhat of a dream. When I was a kid, uh, when I was nine years old, I wrote a, um, an essay for... Um, uh, for school, where I said that I wanted to be a flight attendant and uh, fly the whole world. My my godmother was also a flight attendant, so I I grew up with uh, you know her stories and seeing her um, uh, put on the uniform and get ready to go to Australia for twenty one days or you know um, to all different parts of the world, and it was so incredibly amazing for me to to learn that uh, as a young kid. So, um, you know, when, when the opportunity opened up, I said yes, and um, uh, I decided to come to Dubai. It was brand new for me. I was very young. I was um, quite inexperienced, you know. Uh, even though I traveled before, it was still uh, a new thing. You know, you leave your family behind. You leave all your friends, everything that you've known your whole life. It's just, it's, it's like a blank page. So there you go. And it's like, you know, somebody throws you in a jungle and says, okay, find water, find food, <laughs> you know, get out of there. So that's, that's pretty similar. Yeah. So th- that's how it, uh, it all started for me. Nena, you, you want to share your story? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I also applied to be a flight attendant, but my story is somehow different because I never dreamt of uh, being a flight attendant. And uh, it just happened so that I found out about the, the, the company coming to to our city and they had open uh, spaces for flight attendants and I saw it as an opportunity as well to travel. I always wanted to travel, but they never liked the job uh, itself. Uh, I also was in that moment in life situation where I felt I wanted to escape. So for me, that was also a way <laughs> to escape from various things at, uh, at that time. Um, but as, as T said, it was quite a, a difficult experience in the beginning, especially because we came both came from a completely different environment. Uh, when you look at it, uh, climate, culture, religion, uh, it's very, very, very different. So we came to the desert that since then changed so much. And uh, and Dubai, where we live, has been, I mean, it's, it's amazing to see what has um, Dubai grown into now and the changes it has passed. It was challenging, uh, but we, c- we could see these uh, transformations throughout the years and it has been, I think, better and better. Um, yeah. T, I love to hear that 
you as a nine-year-old. I just love that picture, a nine-year-old writing an essay on what you want to do. And then, you know, it's not every childhood dream that comes true in that way. Like literally manifesting that at nine years old is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's very true. <laughs> I wanted to hear from both of you. Well, Nana, about the the sort of like wanting to escape. Can you talk about that and where you grew up and, and how that sort of plays into to yeah, your career? Yeah. Choice. Definitely. And I'm sure T will, <laughs> will be very happy to add a few things. Uh, so, so so we grew up in a country uh, where we, uh, in a small country in Europe, uh, Serbia. At that time, it was Yugoslavia. Now we don't have Yugoslavia anymore. That country fell apart. Yeah, I wouldn't say fortunately or unfortunately. It just happened so. So now we have different countries instead of that one. Um, throughout our childhood, uh, we both have experienced war economic sanctions, bombing in our city. Uh, so it was it was traumatic. We we felt the consequences of, of those wars happening in the area, not in the city itself. Uh, but we have grown with that and it, it was just it was just tough. So as T was saying, she was traveling with her family. I traveled with my family until the age of eight, nine, and then everything stopped and everything froze. And uh, I just, I just wanted to see the world, and I wanted to go out of my country and see other places. But when I said escape, I was not only referring to that situation in in the country itself and uh, how I felt limited and not being able to do what I wanted with my life, but generally had some personal maybe problems in family, and I just didn't feel I, I felt it was it was time for me to to go. I don't I don't know how I would explain it better. I also loved languages and still do like tea. And that's a very, very um, a unique thing that we both studied Japanese. And that's also very unusual for the country we're from. Um, and there's only one school, now two actually, that studied that language in Serbia. So it's it's quite unusual. And we were in the same classroom. But at that time, we didn't know each other when we were um, we were in the same school. She's she's uh, three years older than me. So we, <laughs> we, were changing, we were using the same classroom, but not at the same time. Obviously, if we were in the same class, we would <laughs> have known each other. So, so that's what I was referring to when I said escape. Uh, yes, we come from those um, that background. But I know T has a lot to to add onto that because she's very passionate about that. Do you want to say something, T? <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. Nana's right. I mean, escape was one of the things for me as well. As I as I grew older, you know, when you're a kid. And when things are fine, you're traveling, uh, you're going to school, you're you're having a normal life like any other kid. Uh, you know, you 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 dream of uh, big things. But then when the war started, um, you know, all of a sudden you don't see any airplanes uh, crossing the sky. All of a sudden, there's there's nothing. There's just basically you're like in a in a little bubble that um, you, you're completely you're like in a jail. You know what I mean? We we couldn't leave the country. Uh, we couldn't uh, uh, we couldn't meet, meet with my, our family and friends who lived abroad. So one one thing for me was to. Every time when I would see an airplane pass the sky, I would make a wish and I would wish for it to take me to the country where it, where it was going. So when the plane stopped flying uh, over the, you know, over uh, our country, it was it was like a big um, it was like a dream that crashed, you know, something that uh, didn't come true. But after the war, when, you know, when things changed, uh, it, it was a way for me to also just say, this is it. I'm leaving. I have to as you said, manifest my dream. I have to make this happen. And that's how um, 
uh, and find a way. We, yeah. Yeah. And we, find a way. Exactly. Uh, we didn't know how we would travel. I know I had certainty that I would, that I would see the world. And when we say that, I don't think both of us had dreams of seeing one country and two countries in just vicinity of our country. It was just like the whole world. The whole and world, we just yeah. wanted to explore. And I just felt like I'm going to live my life and I want to travel and I just want to see more of it. I have one life to live and this is how I still think. I still, I think we both do, right? So, yeah. 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 And and also, as Nana said, Japanese, you know, when I was in seventh grade, I remember I was uh, reading a book uh, about a Japanese girl and I thought, oh, that's, that's such an interesting country, such a wonderful language. And when it was time for me to um, to go to high school, I said, okay, let me see. Yes, Japanese, <laughs> the, the farthest away as <laughs> possible, you know, let me, let me try it. Then I, you know, I definitely want to go there someday. And I did, honestly, I mean, we both did. And it was, it was, um, dream we both have really interesting stories, how we, we managed to get to Japan. You know, it's, uh, um, it's a dream country, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to hear more of that. Uh, <laughs> so at that time when things settled down with the war i'm I'm sure it was a, a of course a process it wasn't just like overnight all of a sudden around how old were you and I, I guess i'm wondering was was that the consensus among your peer group or a lot of people looking to get out of that situation or what, what was it like uh, what were the conversations like then with your friends yeah uh, well definitely not maybe older people the generation that was a bit older than us uh me Actually, Nana was still much younger than me at the time. When the yeah, war still, finished, I was still same uh, age. <laughs> yeah, I was still at the university. So, um, you know, for me, it was like the moment I get my diploma, I'm out of here. Uh, but at one point in in Serbia, three hundred thousand people left the country, and and mainly educated people, doctors, lawyers, you know, nurses. Um, engineers there were so many young people that left so it, it, it's kind of if you think about it it's it's sad actually you know for a country to lose so many young brains and minds but uh um but it was just the reality of the whole situation do you think that travel was one of the ways to sort of process the trauma of the war or, or maybe just like an, an opportunity to, to have some mental space to process i guess i, I don't know yeah, I think so. But I don't think that was, uh, I think it was subconscious, like subconsciously there as yet, for sure. Because it's, uh, <laughs> when you travel, you learn so much about other people, right? And you learn so much about yourself. And then sometimes, you know, the puzzle gets, you, you get those pieces of the puzzle that you were missing. And when you're in your country, and I think this is very, very important for everybody who hasn't been traveling much or who has, I think there's a big, big difference between people most of the time, not all the time, that once you leave your country and you travel a lot or you live out of your country, you can see the world with different eyes. You can accept people in a different way. You can understand them and accept them. You can get those pieces, as I said, in the puzzle. And, and then you, you can see the bigger picture because when you're in your limits of your boundaries of your countries physically and mentally, like you your you, you cannot your your mindset and your mind is not as open most of the time i'm not saying everybody is like that but to me personally travel has been that it opened my mind it opened new possibilities of how way of ways of thinking and accepting people who i thought i even hated because they were involved in the war that i was part in or i felt consequences from so 
So when I traveled, I, I started understanding different people are people wherever they are from. I know, you know, T will say, and she will probably add how, you know, politics and government. And it, it's all about us seeing each other as humans and no matter where you're from. I know it maybe sounds like uh, utopistic or it doesn't sound yeah, so realistic. But to me, it actually is. I mean, so many people who are so different from me, but I don't want to see them you know, uh, from, you know, with their, their origin and color and, you know, the way like their eyes are, the way their physiognomy is different from mine. Like when you look from heart, you feel their hearts. We're the same. We're the same. And this is the, the most beautiful part of traveling for me, getting to know different people and realizing that we're actually the same <laughs> and they can be anywhere in the world. Like it doesn't really matter if they're from Indonesia or they're from Alaska or they're from uh, I, I don't know any part of the world Africa like doesn't matter so it did help me for me for traumas to understand the concept the context better and to understand I mean I will never justify wars I don't think that but to 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 forgive maybe to accept and to see see things differently yeah you were finding your own missing puzzle pieces, to use your words. One of them is trying to find a way to, yeah, to to, to get to know myself and to get to know to understand um, the world, the world itself, and how um, and the people in it. Um, so we are not born with hatred. I'm not saying anything new, but it's true. We are not born. We are, we are taught to hate each other, but um, you can see that everywhere. You can feel it, but once you really open up your eyes, your heart, your mind, um, you see people as they are, like, uh, yeah, different eyes. And traveling really, really helps, really. That's why we want to inspire people uh, with our book and with our personal stories by doing what we're doing, like to, to, to understand that we have this beautiful planet with amazing countries, amazing cultures, amazing places, na nature and, you know, species and animal and so many beautiful things it's just so like we need to to see all of these things and learn <laughs> yeah i do want to talk about some destinations later and of course get some flying advice but getting back to this japanese class that you were both sitting in where you didn't know each other and studying japanese in serbia like every Serbian, right? Yeah, yeah. Studying <laughs> Japanese, <laughs> pretty, pretty standard, and, really. And Japanese would say, "Hi, so this, hi, so this." Yeah, like... not knowing each other, but then somehow you met later. Where, where were you when you met? And can you please share that story? Because you didn't meet in that class, so the energetic universe was swirling around, and at some point, needing to bring you two together. It sounds like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, well, it was, uh, we, we actually met, uh, when we were flying, it was uh, this, this flight when we met was toward the end of my, uh, flying career, but Nena has just joined and she was, you know, brand new, enthusiastic, uh, full of questions. Uh, so, um, you know, let me we, take you we, under my yeah. wing, literally, you know, I'm sorry <laughs> yes. for the pun. I had to yes. do it. But you know, Nena's, Nena's laughing because I said, she's full of questions. She's still like that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> question after question, but a good, surprise, so, surprise. so yeah. 
<laughs> so we were, um, so yeah, so we, you know, we started talking and uh, from, I think, 15 years from then, right? We, we, uh, mm -hmm. we became we're still really talking. friends. <laughs> we're still talking, yeah. Uh, and then later on, we actually realized that she went to kindergarten with my younger brother, uh, that we actually lived in a very close, in a, in a similar part of town, quite uh, close to, uh, we were close to each other, but we never knew that. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's how we met. And it was, um, um, it, it was destined to happen. You know? But you know, what you didn't mention, it's I think very interesting is that uh, she was the most senior, I was the most junior. So I think it was my second flight ever and ever flying. And it was the, the shortest flight ever in in our um all of the flights we had in the company so it was to muscat to oman and also her father worked in oman so it's one more uh, interesting thing so in during that flight you literally have no time to talk to people let alone be friends or become friends so i don't know how we connected i think it was more of a a small conversation a short conversation and in, in a shuttle bus that took us to the to the airplane uh, I mean, we say aircraft all the time. When we apply the tennis, we say aircraft. So, so, and that, that was the time when we spoke, I think. Other than that, you have no time to breathe, eat, anything. Like that flight just, uh, fly, like flies. <laughs> Passes <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> 45 yeah. minutes or less. So, so. Yeah, um, you could have not spoken. You could have missed each other, crossed paths again. And then who knows? You, you, you know, 15 years later. Maybe you meet, maybe you don't, but <laughs> now you've written a book together and clearly yes. you've become close. How has your relationship evolved from that moment to now? Like you guys have <laughs> written a book together, obviously you must have had a lot of time together as friends or we, yeah, just yeah, definitely. Yeah. Jason is very detailed. I like it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to hear a little bit about lots of probing, yeah. which is good. Yeah. Um, it's my job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, we're, we're actually really, really good friends. We're like soul sisters, you know, and uh, we still travel together. I'm still the one who always gets to the airport on time. She's always the chill one who comes with the coffee and says, come on, don't worry, we'll be on time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm the one tapping my foot and, and saying, okay, let's check in, let's check in. But it's, it's we're, I'm with you know, T we're here. So... Sorry. I, I like to get to the <laughs> airport early. I can but just she always makes it, you know, that's yeah. the thing. She's, but, uh, you know, she's so Jason, I am, I'm T, I'm T in any other uh, relationship with any other friend i'm the t i'm t but here with her i am i'm me <laughs> I'm uh, and she knows, oh, i see yeah, okay you get to that. let go of that responsibility <laughs> she's in charge yeah <laughs> yeah but you know we're we're so different in so many ways but we're so alike as well it's uh that i think that's why our friendship is so strong and and um you know continuing for so many years I yeah, I, I I have to say, uh, T's yeah, we're much different. So T's a, a big introvert. I'm I, I you would notice I'm an extrovert. So so it took time for her to also open up in her own way, and I think I allowed that time, and I'm really happy because it was also for me a journey of getting to know somebody so different from me and to accept that it's not that you know she doesn't want to speak and she's uh, uh, closed and she doesn't she's uh, avoiding or it's just her own way and I think she opened up and I didn't tell you I, I think she opened up you know the whole new world to me of introverts and I think their world is so full of imagination so like it's so interesting and i appreciate it much more and i appreciate her and i got to know her much better obviously but it took us a long time it took me a lot of time to get to know her and you know for her to open up am i right see yeah yeah that's true yeah, that's yeah, true yeah. but so 
but yeah, we, 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 we have strong foundation and we are really like, she's so much in my, my world. Like yeah. she's. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> and the same here. But you know, Jason, what they say for introverts, you, introverts have only a few friends. And if you are their friend, if, it, it means that you're really the, the world to them. So yeah, it, it really means a lot. Our friendship is so important to me. Let's take a brief pause. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now let's get back to the show. Let's get some advice for introverts because I think this can be a challenge and of course, what I'm talking about, I guess, is is the fact that many professions uh, out there are going to require some form of putting yourself out there, right? And when it comes to your profession, being a flight attendant, you know, you you're dealing with hundreds of people. You are having to do all the things that may may or may not be against your nature, depending on who you are and how you embrace yourself as an introvert but either way you're i guess the 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 basic definition right is like extroverts they get energy from other people and introverts like being around too many people kind of like drains your energy in some ways that's like the very basic definition now we all know there's shades of gray and there's you know probably all of us are a bit of both but i i just thought that it would be cool to hear how you managed a job that's so forward-facing 
as an introvert and what advice you might have for others that that have that kind of job or maybe they want to get into some profession where they have to put themselves out there a little more in a way that they're like oh am i going to just be drained or is that going to be fun for me you know that's an excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you you know, we actually have a whole whole chapter about this in our book. But but it's it's actually an excellent question honestly because uh, I'll just paint a little picture here. Just imagine, imagine you're starting a new career, okay? You're getting on that plane that has 400 people in in economy section, you know, coach. And uh, you you have to serve them meals or drinks or whatever, and you are starting from the beginning of the of the of the cabin because your senior wants you to actually you know open up and meet people and you know experience the the joy of being a flight attendant from your first flight. And I, honestly, I was petrified, completely petrified. And you know, we have we have. Um, uh, curtains in the galley that we open when we uh, do the service, and then we can close them when we, um, you know, prepare everything. And galley so, is the kitchen on the aircraft, yeah. right? Galley right. is the kitchen, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so you know, when the curtains open, uh, it was showtime. But for me, it, I, I literally couldn't hear uh, what people were saying because my heart was so loud, you know, <laughs> banging in my chest. So, so you can imagine how difficult that is. But, but from that moment on, honestly, it was actually the a good thing that that senior did to me because she said she thought you know this would help me which it did and and every time i would go on a flight i would uh, when i put my uniform on it was a, it was the mindset that i had okay this is it i'm going to work you know i'm smiling i'm helping people i'm being really open and friendly and yeah it comes with a price you know the moment you get into your hotel room you close the door and you can't see anyone so you need time to recharge and it's it's of course it's not just about recharging but it's a very important uh, it's a big deal when you know when you when you need your time and when you deal with uh, hundreds of people on a daily basis so I, I mean, Nana will tell you probably similar things because it's uh, even if you're an extrovert and in between it's uh, it's just it's very draining it's a draining job mm. from many perspectives yeah mm -hmm. okay so it's about the recharging definitely yeah you yeah, have yeah. To you couldn't have given a better question to T because I think this is her, like, you see, if she spoke like this, that means she's really comfortable <laughs> and safe, you know? Okay, that's And cool. I, I, I could I could really picture her like that her first flight. I mean, I am extroverted, but I'm also shy in some ways, so I have to feel comfortable. I have I need my time. But once I get there, then I don't have, like, um, I don't have these challenges. But for sure, for any kind of person, this, this job is so, can be so draining. So, one example is that I went, uh, like, because you see so many people on daily basis, you talk to so many people, you, and if, especially if you're senior, then you have to, um, if you're doing boarding, let's say you're at the door and you have to look at every person you enter, who enters the, uh, the aircraft, you have to, like, this is what usually people or passengers don't notice, but we have to scan you from top to bottom, see if you're maybe drunk, if you smell of alcohol, if you, there's some safety things and security things that we always look at, but you don't know as a passenger. And now then we know. Also, now you know, there are a few <laughs> things I know, I'm not sure how many I should go, like, there's so many details. And then you have to look at, you know, you have to look how they're moving, how they're talking, if they're, uh, so, so, and then pronouncing their name, look at their eyes, and it's, it's, a lot of work in, in a short period of time. So you feel like, you know, you're you're constantly surrounded by so many people. You're, as if you're constantly on a stage and, you know, everybody's looking at you because they are. <laughs> so, you know, when you do the demo demonstration, which we didn't do because we had the video, but um, 
but if you if you can you imagine just being there and and so many eyes all the time at you it's uh, it can be really tough sometimes so you do need time to you know recharge and you know get your energy back and sometimes you really don't want anybody around you you just want silence you don't want people <laughs> yeah. all your people yeah well i think mm. we can all agree that even though being uncomfortable is not comfortable that at the time uh, you know getting into uncomfortable situations expands your comfort zone of course and you know in this case for you guys i mean it sounds like it's just great that you know i mean it's for anybody listening it's like if you want to pursue a certain thing or you're on a certain track and and those there's certain parts of it like that that scare you well you know you just have to kind of sometimes get out there and work through it because it sounds like your your dream to travel was supersedes your yeah. fear of getting Definitely. in front of people you're like well i'm gonna have to do this and it's not super comfortable but i get to see the world and this is a cool job and this is what i want to do so yeah i guess it's just uh how you weigh yeah. things right i, I don't yeah, know yeah completely right you're completely right yeah mm-hmm. well we want to hear some passenger stories <laughs> Some nightmare passenger stories because those are the fun Ooh. ones. <laughs> oh my God. How much time do we have? <laughs> I mean, there must be one that just jumps to your head like, oh my gosh, is this even really happening? Is this person like kidding me right now? But you know, that's why we wrote a book <laughs> because we had yes. so many stories. More and more share. Like- yeah. I mean, Call Me Sky Babe <laughs> is the book. We'll link to it. But you can share a story from there. I loved, by the way, that I think it uh, spoke a lot about who you are, who you both are, that you started the first chapter with a story about holding in a fart, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Can> you... <laughs> Don't say our secret. I was like, these yes. are my girls. This is great. They're, they're not holding <laughs> back at all. <laughs> oh, God. So you can, you can see how, how relaxed we are now about the profession after so many years. Yeah, bloating, bloating is such is... a thing that everybody blows, like, especially on, in like it, it, that high in the air, but nobody talks about it. So you're like, okay, this happens every flight let's let's talk about let's just write it and i remember i mean i mean <laughs> you could guess girl that story but um so so yes we were we were very raw in our stories i i don't know how much you you know you read but um i i mean we have so many experiences so many different stories t do you want did you have anything on your mind do you want to start or you want me to go um i'm okay okay um but- yeah, whatever, whatever. Go, you... go, go. Yeah. Say one of the interesting. Do you okay, have Jason? So... Do you want something sad? Do you want something happy? You want something or anything? Oh, just <laughs> anything that comes to mind. Yeah, okay, okay, well, cool. since we have uh, several stories that where we talk about you know stress and handling uh, difficult passengers, I I will share a story that we didn't mention in the book. Uh, it was uh, I was actually senior on the flight, and uh, it was a night flight. We were flying to Australia. You know, beautiful, beautiful stuff skies it's just a, it's a dream flight you know everyone's asleep uh crew are you know out and about you don't know where they are most of them because it's a nice flight but you know i'm i'm managing uh, finding them in different areas and um uh, at, at one point i just uh, i'm just making a round through the cabin to make sure that all passengers are fine and i see uh two passengers um not arguing but you know like whispering uh, you, you can tell that there's something wrong so 
so I, I, I look at the situation I'm like, okay, gentlemen, what's going on? And I find out that the, uh, the person who was sitting behind actually put his feet on the other person's uh, uh, seat. So they were smelly and it was a very bad situation. And all of a sudden it's a fight. So now as I'm standing there, you see another passenger hitting the other one behind him. And, and we have a situation, you know, uh, and, and you can imagine, as I said, night flight, everyone's asleep. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's peaceful. You know, you're just counting the hours until landing. But uh, of course, uh, now there's a problem. Now the captain is involved. Other crew are involved. Uh, I have to call a mail calling to help me because the other passenger was not cooperating. He was actually being uh, disruptive and, uh, and it's a whole new situation, you know, so, so you can never predict in, in, uh, in aviation, you know, you have, uh, you're thinking, oh, I'm just going on a, on a 40 minute flight, you know, I'm coming back in two, three hours, uh, I'll be fine, get back with my family, but God forbid something happens, you know, you have a, a rejected takeoff or, or something happens, it's, it's, it's very unpredictable, that's why we have so many rules and as Nena said, you know, the, uh, that's why all these procedures are there written for us to follow and uh, to, to be ready in, in case something goes wrong. So to go back to my passenger, uh, you know, uh, the, the, they actually started fighting over me. So I was actually standing in the middle. Uh, luckily, I wasn't hurt, but I heard some really, really bad words. They, they called me different names. And uh, of course, we had to offload them as we, uh, when we landed because we had a, um, uh, we had to, land sorry was a we, we landed in singapore from singapore we were going to australia so it was you know we had a, a stop and we had to offload the passengers because they were obviously and, and not just that they were hurting each other they were actually destroying aircraft uh, um, company's property uh, the seats were actually uh, ripped out so uh, not the whole seat but the the cushion uh, you know the uh, the in-flight entertainment system the the little uh, tv everything was ruined and the the guy was actually pretty strong i don't know how he managed to do that but but you know uh luckily on that flight i had really great set of crew we were all assertive and you know uh we followed the procedures but we also followed our our minds and my, our hearts you know you can't you can't just um how can I say, you can't be in that situation fully in a sense, like you can't be emotional, but at the same time, you have to think about everyone else that is around you. You know, people pay so much money to travel and to have a peaceful flight. So you can't let, you know, that situation escalate. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, this is just one of probably thousands of examples that you all have from your, <laughs> from your time flying. So, well, I, I am going to have to ask you how we can take care of our flight attendants better because y'all deserve that. Y'all deserve that. Like it's a, uh, I, I remember being on a flight from Mexico and I got food poisoning on the way to the airport and they were so sweet because I was freezing and in the bathroom like every 10 minutes and felt mm. terrible and they turned the temperature of the whole plane up just for me. Mm. I didn't mm. even say anything, but <laughs> it was really, really nice. And I was, uh, I, I wish I was able to send them a thank you letter or something. I should have tracked them down somehow. Do people actually try to do the mile high club thing? Have you caught anybody? Oh, yes. <laughs> I know three they do, of course, but I, have they done it on your flight? <laughs> oh, yeah, three times yeah. on my flight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what, like, what do we do? Is yeah. that your question? <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, well, well. Uh, 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 just one thing. Uh, once it was uh, the honeymooners, they were coming back from Mauritius, okay? And I said, okay, you know what? It's fine. I'm not going to see anything. But twice, it was... Uh, it's a difficult situation because these one of these stories went, uh, you know, live and it was talked about in the newspaper. So I'm not going to mention it, but it was on one of my flights. Yeah. And it was uh, it was it was pretty bad because it wasn't just one person, two people that were involved. So. Really? <laughs> I don't know this one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Second book coming. There Second was an orgy on your plane? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, the, the funny... I honestly didn't think I was going to have to use the word orgy in this interview. But in <laughs> this interview, but. <laughs> But you know what? The, the, the funny thing is that it's always me who's there. But you know, uh, we always say that how can somebody? Isn't it funny. <laughs> no, how can somebody have you know uh, do these things in the in an airplane bathroom when they're so so disgustingly dirty? No, but then at the same time you think, but there there other there are toilets that are actually designed for by law you have to fit a wheelchair in, and they're quite quite bigger, so. Yeah, so so there's plenty of space in there, and of course, I was the one who's passing through to see that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thank, are you giving us a tip there? There's plenty of space in that bathroom. So go over there. Yeah, but gonna... I won't say which aircraft. Okay. <laughs> People will know. Not every not every airplane has it. There's yeah. A sign on the door. Yeah. 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 Let's get some but, advice on staying. But Jason, healthy. before can, can I interrupt you for a second? Because you, you asked us about a few experiences. I don't want to talk about all of them in details, but just to name a few, because I think they'll be very interesting, is that we both had, she had CPR that she had to perform on a, on a passenger. So there was a passenger who was, yes, yeah, so she did CPR. I organized um, a, a proposal a marriage proposal on, on, on board. She said, yes, thanks God. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I had panic, panic attacks, epilepsy, suspected heart attack, uh, cardiac arrest. Like we had so many medical situations, giving oxygen to passengers is something that's like, giving out candies. So, so <laughs> because they faint, so fainting is very common. People don't know that. So I think it's interesting to know. Because and, they're nervous and, or just stressed um, or didn't drink enough water. Or all whatever. of that, all yeah. of that. Sometimes they're, they're, uh, flyers who are afraid of flying sometimes people who are not feeling well it's just lack of oxygen there are different reasons some people who had asthma, asthma they didn't have their for example medication with i mean it's, it's very very different but the, the interesting thing is that you know you're so limited with all the resources with time with space and all the resources but you somehow manage it you know you find a way that's the beauty and the challenge of this job i would say it taught us so much and we had so many beautiful experiences and and difficult ones like but as steve mentioned like it's um people for example uh oh i my mom who forgot her baby when she was disembarking if you can imagine that lost, yes, and, found. The, <laughs> lost and found on the seat <laughs> then a passenger who didn't want to disembark, he was so drunk and he convinced himself that's the same plane which will take him from Dubai to Manchester. He was coming from Singapore and, and it was like he didn't want to, he was, you couldn't get him out of his seat and he was so drunk and he wanted to stay in the seat. It's just like, it goes on and on and on. I'm not getting yeah. off this plane. Yes. And then the whole <laughs> set of crew has to wait. Like we had to wait until he gets off and so on. So, so many different experiences. Also, beautiful people, uh, artists, composers that I spoke to that flew with me. Oh, of course, famous like personalities and yeah. 
that too. Oh, so many famous yeah. personalities. Yeah, but we we can't talk about that. No, so. yeah. you're never allowed. That's the come on. <laughs> yeah, that's always the bummer. That's always the line that follows that statement. Right. It's yeah. like, oh, we've had these celebrities <laughs> yeah, on this too. thing and that. But we can't talk about it. Yeah. Can well, you can just... can, you can't tell a story using another name that rhymes with the person's name so we know who they are, but you're not directly saying or we can say something, but it's not do you want to mention any that you had? Mm -hmm. tea or... uh, <laughs> no, actually I don't know. I could get in trouble. You had Dad Schmidt on your flight? <laughs> <laughs> what did Dad Schmidt do in first class? <laughs> but but you know, I had I had a singer I loved when I was a, a, a child and she was on my flights on New Year's, like uh, coming back from Seychelles. Uh, I can say her name because she's, she was lovely, Janet Jackson. And uh, I, I was just like, so um, I talked to her. She was lovely to all of us. And I just had to tell her she was my one of my favorite singers when I was a kid. And and she was just lovely. It was a very, not short flight, actually. It was not short flight, but it was a night flight. We spoke a little bit because she was coming back from station. So, and uh, yeah, that was one of them, for example. That was a really nice encounter. But we don't bother them. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, my, my personal experience is, you know, you can see from, you don't go, I mean, they're people like us. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they want their privacy. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's hard sometimes, though, with certain people because, you, you know, Mm -hmm. recognize them and they're just of course they're yeah. like us but they're that person and they've done something that you think is really cool and then you're like oh you start fanning out you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 mm -hmm. cool well if you decide to circle back and share any more uh juicy celebrity gossip let us know because we're, <laughs> we're all we're all about that here on the zero to travel podcast <laughs> juicy celebrity gossip is what we do here now <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get your tips on the do's and don'ts of flying. And what I mean by that is, you know, sometimes occasionally you see these articles where it's like, like I saw one recently and one of the mm -hmm. points was, oh, don't, don't drink the tea on a plane because they like never clean out the inside of the, you know, hot water thing or whatever. And it's just like, are these things true? Like I know every airline runs their thing different, but are there certain things in order to like sort of just stay healthy and kind of, mm -hmm. And I'm not, it's not like, yeah. you know, I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just get lay it, lay it on us. Like give us the, the real deal here. Yeah. We have a whole list. T, go okay. ahead. Start with your. Okay. Well, just uh, that what you said about tea and coffee, the same, of course, uh, for, I know for us, it was uh, when, whenever you're coming from the city where your hub, you know, you, everything is clean, spotless, which is okay. But outstation, we can't really promise that they're all clean. So it's, I would say, uh, you know, to stay, um, to be 100% sure, don't drink tea and coffee on the flight. That was actually a good thing. <laughs> I mean, because yeah, I love coffee. Yeah, but nothing will happen. I mean, it's 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 one cup, two cups. But I think if you have this as a habit, no, because it's a reservoir, if you can imagine it. And it, even if it's from a hub or outstations, wherever it is, passengers don't know if it's hub. They don't think about it, right? They they wouldn't they wouldn't be uh, poisoned if they had that water. But what I wouldn't recommend is, for example, the water which some of the aircrafts have and some of the companies next to the um uh, toilet restroom so there is like um there is a small small um how do you how would you call it a like spout? water like a little a yes spout? yeah i never yes, actually yes. seen that yeah well we had on every aircraft and it's really uh don't don't take that water never drink that yeah. water yeah never drink yeah, that yeah. water it's really yeah. e even for your if you're brushing your teeth i wouldn't use that i mean 
if if you don't yeah, have and, to. Yeah, and and you know, if, as we said, if you're nice to flight attendants, they will actually um, you know go out of their way to help you. So you know, they will even give you a bottle of water and for free, whatever it is. Even if you have your own, you know, we one of the things that we actually recommend is to bring your own uh, water bottle on the flight, so you can fill it up. Uh, they will do it for you. And if you have a travel mug, yes. Great. Uh, you can also put some uh, some hot water and and bring your own uh, tea bag. That's it. It's uh, it's really easy. Yeah. That's yeah. that's one of the advice. Like it's really good and to, it's 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 helpful for them. They can always refill your bottle. Sometimes they won't give you a full bottle because it's it's there are many people, so they are not allowed to. But they will always refill it, and and definitely that's like a, a rule. If you're nice to flight attendants, like with the waiters, like they will go out of the way, but yeah. don't be nasty to them because also they can, you know, <laughs> they can <laughs> strike back, and you don't even know. So so it's uh, I'm sure like when we have because we have so many different personal persons uh, personalities on board. Like I know if we have somebody who is. Tense, and I'm not doing this job anymore. But if we had somebody coming in super nice, we would definitely do our best and definitely go out our way. Like what they did with you, as you said, like you you were not uh, feeling well, and then you were just nice. You were just nice human being, nothing else. You don't have to, you know. It's the way we speak to each other, way the the passengers talk to us. Very small things, nothing uh, major, you know. But there's no how, need. Wait, for... how do you strike back? Is it like, sorry, sir, we're out of pasta tonight. <laughs> you don't oh, want that's to. actually really cool. You know, that's nice. <laughs> I no, uh, okay. Obviously, we uh, we we actually had colleagues who um, who had their own way of doing it. But uh, I personally never did it. I never, even if the passenger went uh, on my nerves or whatever, I never, I never. <laughs> did anything uh, to you know to get back them but uh but i know people who who have different tricks and they're not they're actually nasty they're not nice so <laughs> we, we won't reveal them i guess no, to, no, no 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 yeah. <laughs> we're all about it. flight attendant gossip here on the zero to travel. <laughs> okay okay what else so- so let's see. Let's uh, uh, don't piss off the we'll flight attendants. You, we got don't it. Don't piss off the flight attendants. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Bring your own water bottles. And also, it's very it's easy when you have your water or your tea next to you. Uh, that you don't have to bother people all the time. Oh, can you give me a glass of water? So it's you know, especially if you're watching a movie or reading a book, you just you have it next to you and you're you're fine. You're enjoying your flight. You don't have to depend on somebody to bring you something. You know, and it's it's uh, very. It's important to hydrate yourself, to especially hydrate, if you yeah. have if you have ULR flights, ultra long flights, right? So you you forget sometimes because you maybe fall asleep or or you just forget. You're just lazy to to drink, and that's where it happens that you have these headaches or you you get like bloated and you don't feel well. Your your jeans or whatever you have it just just feels so bad, and you're like, oh, this flight is so bad. But it's actually so uh, water, just water. I'm not talking about drinks in general because alcohol cannot uh, really it doesn't affect you that well or like sugary drinks not so much but water is the best drink you can have uh, on when flying and yes you will go more frequently to the toilet but it's better than and that will make you move as well so you know one of the things is for true like for real like you you need to move you need to move your joints you need to move your your body a little bit so stand up and move but be out of the way when it's when it's service time (laughs) you know be considerate don't be there in middle of the aisle when people are passing with the cards and trolleys (laughs) things like that that's yeah we forgot to write that in the list but (laughs) and and you know what what Nana said about alcohol as well. Uh, now that I can remember, most of the 
passengers who you know who were disruptive uh, disruptive who did not who caused some kind of problems were actually intoxicated passengers. So I would advise if you really need a drink, you know, if you if it calms you down to fall asleep and, you know, go through the flight, that's that's fine. But don't overdo it. You know, it's uh, it's not good for you and it's, it, it won't make you feel uh, better. But interesting thing case. is that when you drink alcohol at that altitude, it hits you much Twice. faster than if... Yeah, then on the ground, uh, if you're on the ground. So so you don't notice and you would have one or two, three, four drinks. I don't know, but it actually hits much faster. Like, so we could see people getting drunk, you know, easily. If so you we think always, about it, it's, it's kind of surprising they serve alcohol on a plane, right? Yes, I know, but I think it's, yeah, points. Mm -hmm. But it's points of attraction, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. it can lead to problems. Oh, oh yeah they should just serve joints then everybody will be like oh, what's up let me buy some more food yeah food over here oh but fire what about that and, and smoke that's big <laughs> no, no, no. I, i'm kidding yeah yeah all right so move around obviously drink water avoid alcohol uh, bring your healthy snacks healthy snacks okay healthy snacks if you we carry our food most of the time but i think everybody who travels feels some kind of craving i don't know that's that's my impression and the moment you sit on that bus train or a plane you feel like mm, i want to eat something and then and then you know just have some healthy snacks some something that you know you can eat uh that you know because aircraft food is not really tasty no matter which cabin it is uh, yes, maybe it's be no, better presented. It's but delicious. Yeah. It's delicious. Well, <laughs> it, it, it could be delicious, but it comes with lots of different additives and, and stuff, yeah. you know, a taste in cancer. So it's not very healthy. It's not healthy. So it's good to have yours. I think it's always good to have that uh, backup. Um, well, I mean, I on the food side, you know, because my wife got food poisoning from one of the meals on the way to America it was terrible. Do you have any general like never eat the fish or, you know, is there anything like that or not really? Um, there is about seafood tea. Shall we say that? For uh, yeah. And, and actually cockpit crew are not allowed to eat uh, seafood because of that. Yeah. Really? So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> yes. So there's something that that's if not if that's not allowed for them, then, then we can take it as a general rule. So they're never they can eat fish, but not seafood. So that's more often to happen, like food poisoning. So, yes, if pilots cannot eat them, that means that that's maybe more likely to give you food poisoning, if we could say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. but I mean, that, I those are probably all the main ones, right? Oh, we have so many, but oh. we have the whole list, but I don't know yeah. if you want. <laughs> well, I mean, any, okay. any like sort of non-obvious ones, like, like, I feel like the coffee and tea thing is a good example of something that like, you know, most people don't think about, but then mentioning it, it's like, okay, yeah, maybe I should bring my own hot water next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, T, do you have anything or you want me to? Uh, well, um, okay. Let me see. Uh, maybe if you're, uh, if you really like watching movies on the plane, bring your own headphones, not saying that those are not clean. I'm sure they, they get, uh, changed and everything they, uh, frequently, but, um, uh, especially if you have uh, noise cancelling ones, they actually help because of the noise on the aircraft. Uh, most of the time, we're not aware of the engine sound and everything around us. So, uh, so it just—it's uh, a better experience, definitely, if you use your own headphones. And and you know, you can hear passengers snoring, uh, kids screaming, you know, all the other things. So it's—it uh, does help you relax and um, uh, have a better flight. 
Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I would say just maybe uh, bring um, an extra set of like clothes. Why? Because it can happen that you your luggage gets uh, lost, which happened to me quite a few times. So something that you can neatly put in your in your trolley in your cabin bag, and that you can use in case you need to use it, and maybe some essential medicines, especially if you need them or you think you're prone to having headaches or you know stomach ache or anything that you know tissues, wet tissues, sanitizers, something that you can have as like your first aid kit. We would say. I think people forget that. Uh, we carry essential oils as well because it's <laughs> it smells so bad. So we we oh, we fly so much. So I always just like uh, sprinkle a little bit um, on my uh, no blanket uh, on my um, seat and pillow. Uh, and seat and, and pillow. I bring a pillow. So so you know things like that. I think that people can do a little little things and that can really enhance their uh, traveling experience and like make that flight uh, um, pass more easily cool yeah now a quick word from our sponsors would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day i've tried it all i've done the pour over i've done the french press but i tasted an aeropress coffee many years ago and immediately i was sold i had to get one aeropress is a patented three-in-one brew technology this combines the flavor benefits of espresso pour over and french press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home i love things you can use in both places this device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries aeropress is the best reviewed coffee press on the planet i've owned one for so many years i don't even remember how long it's been and they are under 50 bucks so they also make an exceptional gift, thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Let's get back to the show. Okay, something before the flight. I know many people, uh, you know, when you're traveling, traveling is flying actually stressful. And especially if you're traveling with kids. Uh, so uh, you just... You always have to be prepared if something happens, you know, do we have enough food? Do we have all the tickets? Do we have enough money? Uh, whatever it is, clothes. So um, I would say check in online beforehand when you get to the airport, uh, get there on time. Don't be late because even though there are delays, you know, uh, they will still check you uh, on the, the correct time. Some people think, oh, okay, I'm, you know, I have time. If, if that gate closes, or actually the checking counter closes, um, they won't let you in, even if you're a first-class passenger. And um, and if you're already at the airport and the gate closes uh, 20, 25 minutes before departure, that's it. You're you know you you, you have to stay back. You can you can board. So uh, I would say just be aware 
you know, especially when people are transiting, they're tired, they change different time zones. It's uh, uh, even if you hear your name, uh, you, you don't really realize it's you until somebody comes and tells you, look, this is your flight. We have to leave. So, so yeah, just, um, just that. And, um, and, 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 take, you know, and one mm-hmm. more practical tip for people who are traveling, which I think is not so common is to put their name tag, contact details inside of the suitcase that's checked in. So, so because it, they can track you like that, like if, if, if your suitcase gets lost and, and your, you, you had a name tag, but somehow maybe it's ripped off, they will never be able to, you know, they will say, okay, you have the number and the, the size, the, the color, but if they have your contact details inside, then it's the, it's, it's, I think it's a really good tip. And I had lots of experiences with lost luggage. So uh, I think it can help people, your listeners, if they That's do that. That's good. Thank you yeah, for yeah. all that. Is mm-hmm. is there any way that we can get free upgrades? Oh, love this question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I, well, it depends on the company to company, right? It depends on their uh, on the policy. So in our in our uh, company, it was very strict. So X company, so it was it was very very difficult to get a free upgrade but it, it can happen like yes in many companies that happens and then it's usually done according to um to what to, if you're a frequent flyer and then if you are or for example in economy class and you already have miles or you're you belong to this i don't know depending on a company they call them different names right frequent flyers so they would they would first give you the priority of uh free upgrades but um I mean, I can speak from where we worked. It was very, very difficult. We wanted to do that so many times. We were asked to do that so many times, but we couldn't. As seniors, I mean, we couldn't. Yeah. There's a buddy of mine swears from by, um, like oftentimes he'll bring a bag of chocolates for the flight attendants yeah. to have. Yeah, yeah. Wow. On the plane. <laughs> just, like, just to be nice, not expecting anything out of it, but maybe <laughs> something comes his way. It you can. Know? It can happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can in some of the companies. Yeah. Mm-hmm course you want to treat treat your flight attendants good but if there's any yeah, other that's, advice around that's that, true you can go ahead <laughs> but, but uh safety wise let's let's talk about safety a little bit you know many passengers um don't realize how um well i, I don't want to say dangerous but you know when uh of course obviously takeoff and landing are the most dangerous uh phases of the flight but uh in flight um nothing can really happen you know it's just that turbulence can hit any time Anytime, unpredicted. So uh, I would advise passengers to actually wear seatbelts because <laughs> no. even though they tell you that, honestly, I'm telling you from my own experience because I was the one who was like, oh, no, no, no. The moment I, I see the seatbelt sign off, you know, that's it. But uh, but it, it did happen a few times that it was quite serious. So I thought, you know, especially if you're sleeping, you just don't want to to risk anything and you, you know, it's uh, it's better for your own safety. And also one of the things that really, really drove me wild when I when I was flying the moment we land, passengers start, you know, uh, getting up to to get their suitcases from the headracks, the the overhead lockers, and this is a big no. You know, uh, uh, it's just uh, it, it's actually a very dangerous uh, moment because you know you just landed, you're ta- you're, you're actually not even taxiing, you're, you're still braking. So uh, this is uh, from so many perspectives, this is very dangerous and number one for the passengers. So, you know, if, if you are one of those, if anybody's listening who <laughs> does that, that's, I, I would suggest like, just, you don't just get up you know, in the middle of the landing. That's you just, yeah, who does that? but just trust me, every flight, so many every times flight. We saw, and people running to the toilet, you know, the uh, last few 
few seconds before a touchdown. It was just just crazy. You know? uh, okay, so. that I might have done too. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it, it, it less, anyway. Yeah, if you're listening, don't stand up, please, and take the suitcase <laughs> on the middle. You have to go to the bathroom to hold it, I guess, for a few more minutes. No, I don't know if I've done it that close, but 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 can we give you one more tip when yes, it comes please. to Nana? Nana actually mentioned, you know, bringing your own uh, uh, first aid kit, like sanitizers and everything that that goes with, because you know, aircrafts are air, aircraft actually generally are not. Uh, clean they do get clean before the flight but they're not sanitized all the time even though they say they are so i would advise if you have um uh, tissues just to clean your screen and clean your seat and ha- uh, hand rests and also um to never put your suitcase on your hotel bed or or at home if you're packing okay most of the people put their suitcases on top of the bed and then they put their clothes in but just imagine how dirty that suitcase is just like your shoes wherever you go you know god knows what those wheels uh you know have seen so that's one of the things that is actually very it's it's a good tip because many people don't don't think about this yeah appreciate all those thank you well i mean you have a a world of experience of travel experiences i should say to share I wanted to hear what some of your highlights were in terms of destinations where you think maybe some people listening, some some places that maybe they haven't thought of before. It's always nice to have a little destination. I mean, you've been gorilla trekking in Central Africa and some of these things. Yeah. Talk about some of the things you've gotten to do and maybe through that, that, that kind of stand out in terms of your experiences. And maybe through that, we can get some recommendations. Oh God, where do we start? <laughs> yeah. A couple, so, couple well, of things must have jumped to yeah. mind, right? Yeah. Well, now when you mentioned guerrilla tracking in Central Africa, yes, we were together in Uganda. T was it last year, like 2021? 2021, right. Yeah, 2021, yeah. February. Yeah. We went mm-hmm. and we went guerrilla tracking. We both wanted to see gorillas for a long time. So it was a very unique experience. Uh, gorillas are endangered species. So for us, it was so important. We really respect the environment, Mother Earth, and we really, um, yes, take care of those things. Let, if I go into that topic, I won't stop. So so we really, we really wanted to go and see gorillas. There are less or around 1,500 gorillas in the whole world. Uh, these are mountain gorillas. So, and they're uh, other than chimpanzees, most uh, like the closest to our species uh, genetically, ninety-five percent or ninety something percent. Yeah. So, so we were very curious and wanted to to go there, and we we went to the national um, forest, Windy National Park, and we had an amazing experience. I think it's one you know, lifetime experience for me and I know for T for sure. So that's something that came up to my mind when you mentioned it. And uh, T, you want to say second one and I can add something? Okay, well, let me then let me say Japan for sure. Uh, Japan is the destination that everyone has to see. It's so different. And, you know, people say, oh, I love it or, or I hate it. It's just, uh, it's so different if you come from a, a Western part of the world. It, it's just uh, some of the things are difficult to understand. But if you're, you know, if you're open and you want to accept and, and learn, there's so many things that will, um, you know, you, you, you fall in love with, really. The people, the culture, the food, uh, everything is just uh, just amazing. Yeah. Mm. Must have been wonderful to go there the first time after studying the language and dreaming about it. What Absolutely. was it like to be there the first time? Oh, it, was, it was a dream come true. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely. Was, <laughs> it was because, yeah, coming, it was like thinking coming from where where I am from or where we are from and just 
getting there in, 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 to Japan and seeing what I wanted to see, the cherry blossom tree that I, you know, I was dreaming of and, and uh, listening to Japanese and, and just seeing, the, like, being there for me was amazing. It was an amazing experience. And I, I mean, it's so, so different. I mean, Asia in general, I don't like when people refer to Asia as like a whole because they are so different among themselves as countries. And they're uh, so unique. And I, I mean, I still have so much to discover. I mean, I've been to many of them, but um, they're so different and so new still to me. And yeah, I, I have to have to go and explore. Um, I would I would mention um, swimming with dolphins in Indian Ocean. I love Indian Ocean because it's warmer than the others, I would say. And I always wanted to swim with them uh, in the ocean, in the open. And I did that quite a few times in, in Mauritius. Um, so I was in Mauritius. I was, uh, I had a relationship there, so I was going there quite often. And then um, I was swimming with my boyfriend at the time and we were, you know, with the, dol- it, it couldn't be more romantic, you know, dolphins <laughs> and, and two of us. And also we went for expedition of um, whales. It was not whale watching only. It was actually an expedition because he was into that. So for me, that was something that was amazing. So if you go to Mauritius or if you go to Seychelles, but there are many other places in in, in the world where you can, not Seychelles, Mauritius and um, South Africa, I think. And uh, But I'm now referring to that area. You can you can go to those tours and, um, and see uh, the dolphins in the wilds and also swim with them. Now the I'm wild. again... In yeah. the in, in the ocean, yes, yeah. yes. I mean, if I I I I'm not afraid. I understand some people are, but it's such a beautiful experience. I don't know. I just uh, oh, just when I think about it, I would do it again and again and again. It's 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 amazing. Like when you see those creatures in front of you, next to you, and you know, I learned not to touch them. I learned to respect their space. It's not just playing. It's I, now before I was thinking swim with them in the pool and I was just imagining touching dolphins and I would still want to do that but I learned that I need to respect them and I would now never go to the swimming pool and pay for the entrance into I that's but that's another whole another subject and topic but uh, in the wild the way we did it also I really choose and select it with the companies and how they work and like they respect the environment how do they use the engines do they scare them off I mean there are many details when it, that uh, when you think about uh, that underwater world and yeah mm-hmm. yeah and in most of these countries when you uh, when you pay for the for you know um, like for example when we uh, went to see the gorillas uh, part of the money actually goes into preservation and uh, they you know, to, to, to help, you know, the gorilla families to thrive. And, uh, um, you, you know, it, it's, it's, it's actually a good way to, to help the locals there as well. And I, I wanted to mention one more destination uh, we talk about in, in our book. We talk about Rome uh, in several chapters. Uh, yeah, it, it was for me. It was one of the thing, one of the cities that I definitely wanted to see, and uh, it's one of my uh, top uh, five cities in the world that I would say. If somebody told you know gave me a ticket now and said, "Do you want to go to Rome?" I would always say yes. Okay, T, I know. <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah, and it, it's funny that in the book we talk about uh, uh, it's it's a love chapter, you know, where we both had a very interesting experience, uh, obviously in different times with different people, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, it's it's definitely a place to visit. <laughs> yeah. Making that distinction, thanks. Yes. Um, <laughs> have, have you been to Rome, Jason? Yes. Have you been to Rome? 
Yes, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Italy is beautiful in general. Yes. I know we're getting towards the end here. The book, why? I mean, it's a it's a monumental effort to write a book. Why did you guys <laughs> do it? How did you do it? Tell us about it. <laughs> Let people oh, know where to find it. All the good stuff. Okay. We'll link to uh, it, of course. But yeah. okay, thanks. Uh, well, you know, we had for years we had ideas of like different ideas what uh, of what to do together, and uh, writing was one of them. Uh, T is already an author; she has published her book. Uh, she's a romance novel author. She can say more something more about it, but. but I was never into writing as much, but um, when COVID started and COVID lockdown started, we we were locked in our houses, right? And I was on my own. T was with her family, and we spoke on daily basis. And then we started. Uh, we said, okay, why don't we start writing about our experiences? And you know, we wanted to have this for ourselves because we had so many experiences that were so funny and 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 sad and difficult and easy and just valuable experiences and we didn't want to forget them and we started writing and the more we wrote the more stories came and you know they were just showing up and uh, and then we were sharing this every day so we would write every day from 11 a.m to 1 p.m we would come online we'll say okay start now start now we were very disciplined and i must say and sometimes we wrote a little bit more sometimes a little less but we were consistent and we had uh three times like how many uh tea like three times of the size of the book now like yeah, yeah we had 160,000 words which is approximately bo- three books so we had to add it uh, pretty heavily to to you know to put everything in one book yeah yeah so we we wrote about all these experiences but it's then t you want to continue so i don't uh <laughs> but it Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we we wrote uh, about the the experiences. Then after the uh, after we actually wrote everything, we uh, we just let it sit on our desk, you know, on our computer. So we didn't really visit it for a very long time. And then at one point, we just thought, well, wait, uh, we wanted to actually publish a book. So so then we started meeting again over Zoom calls, and uh, uh, we started editing together and going through stories and laughing again and crying and, you know, going through everything again. It's just, uh, it, it was a fun process, but uh, it definitely something that kept us sane during the lockdown. Um, and an important thing to mention that just before the lockdown, we actually came back from Singapore. <laughs> so so we literally, you know, took the last plane that that uh, came uh, here and uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a pretty difficult time, I'm, I'm sure, for the whole world especially for travelers and people who like to explore the world. Um, yeah, so, so that's how Call Me Sky Babe was born. And uh, it, it's, it's an essential if you're traveling, you know, you make sure you put it in your bag, <laughs> take it with you. Uh, and um, where, where can listeners find the book? Uh, it's uh, available on Amazon. Uh, it's actually worldwide. It's also available uh, on most of the um, uh, online sellers and uh, uh, online bookstores. So uh, wherever you are in the world, I would say if it's an international, if you don't want to pay for shipping, Book Depository has uh, free international shipping wherever you are in the world. So you can find it there. But uh, for the listeners in the US, it's um, Amazon is the, I would say, the, the easiest way to find it. Yeah. And you said well, Barnes & Noble as well online. Barnes right? & Noble as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But what's important to say about the book is that the book is written as we, we became health and I'm a health and fitness coach and he's a life coach and an, an author. So this is our journey to a healthier and happier, more joyful life. And what we wanted to do is share that with uh, with people, with girls, sky babes, as we call them, who want to become flight attendants, who are currently flying as flight attendants. 
parents or who are re retired and also for the fourth you know, let's say a group of people who want to know more about the profession, we wanted to help uh, help them. So this is kind of a guide, which also has powerful questions that they can answer. And we made a journal with the books that's also available and that they, it can truly, truly help them. It's something that, you know, there's some practical tips on how to overcome the challenges that we had, because I personally had many challenges with my health and I resigned because I wanted to, to keep my health and to, you know, to, it's a very unhealthy job. If you think about it, you don't have a routine of sleep, for food of anything social life or no routine and you still have to keep your body working and you know you don't know the consequences in a few years 10 years 20 so you want to keep yourself healthy so this is what where we shared our stories and also the tips on how to overcome them so that's why we say it's a guide uh, and we also demystify some of the conceptions that the misconceptions that people have about our job. It's so glamorous. Or some people think it's only chicken and beef and we just go and we're a dolly trolley or however. So, so this is something that was very important for us because it is a profession that's worth the respect. It's a profession that so um, gave us so much, but it also took a lot. But I think I appreciate it so much more you know, once I resigned and I, I really respect people who do it yeah that's like the best professions right gives you a lot and takes a lot too right that, that that's very true and and i would just add one more thing for uh, next time you fly you know obviously as jason said be nice to fly the tennis but just remember that in case something happens you know you rely on them to say to uh, you know to save your life yeah and to stay safe and uh and also uh you know we we do so many things that as nana mentioned especially during boarding during the whole flight and after passengers leave that nobody notices you know uh from time management to uh you know making sure that everything is fine that you have sometimes you just have a, a few minutes before everything has to be uh, set up for takeoff, you know, but people don't see it. People will still ask for water. People will faint. People will, you know, have a heart attack, but you are the one who deals with that. And, and that's why, uh, you know, it's uh, definitely great, um, great profession. Something if you're, if you want to try and, and do it, I would suggest, but obviously be, um, you know, be ready for the, the risks and the challenges and everything that comes with it. Well, I appreciate you both coming on and sharing your advice here and your stories and just getting to have a chat with you. I feel like we have, we have even more to dive, but we haven't gotten to the romance novels yet. Yeah. <laughs> that happened, but Oh yeah. <laughs> but I'll just remind people. Yeah. Call me sky babe, the unfiltered laugh out loud, empowering guide to finding your way to health, love and joy while flying. And I love that. It sounds like this project also brought you guys together and you allowed, allowed you to relive some of your experiences and sounds like a nice end cap in some ways to your career and all the years of experience that you had there. Uh, so I appreciate you coming on and sharing your your 20 years of experience in the aviation industry and just your perspective on travel and everything that we got to chat about today. So thank you so very much. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, you, so had, you had great questions. I, I love you. You're such an attentive listener and you had great questions. So thank you. Uh, thank you. Thanks okay. for inviting us. Take care. Thank you. There you have it. I want to thank T and Nana for stopping by the show. They are so kind, so sweet, generous with their time. And uh, I just love that they were able to take a situation in their home country and find a way out to travel the world. So inspiring. And of course, the stories. <laughs> 
some great stories, incredible expert tips. Check out their book. Leave the links to all of that in the show notes. Now, before I let you go, a couple things. First, a fun fact. I don't know if this is fun, but a fact about airplanes that I did not know. This one came from bestlifeonline.com. But I'm going to believe it's true. I didn't, you know, validate it from 50 different websites, but it, it feels about right. And this fact is that the black box, you know, the black box they always hunt for after a plane crashes is not actually black in color, which makes sense. Uh, the black box is, quote, also known as the flight data recorder, is actually painted bright orange. The heat resistant paint used to coat the box's exteriors comes in a highlighter orange hue, which also happens to make them easier to find in case of an accident, end quote. So there you go. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? Why would they paint it black and make it hard to find? So uh, other fun facts on airplanes. Let's see, I'll I'll pull another one out for you. Here's a bonus fun fact from this little list here. (laughs) Again, not a fun fact. I don't know why I keep calling this fun. So they say the dirtiest place on the plane isn't the bathroom and that the filthiest place on the plane is the tray table you're eating your meal off of. According to a study conducted by Travel Math, tray tables hosted 2,155 colony-forming bacterial units per square inch. In comparison, the button to flush the toilet has just 265 CFU in the same amount of space, end quote. This is all from this Best Life Online article. Anyway, I'll link to it in the show notes. You can check out some other facts. If you're interested, that's a bit disturbing. I mean, I guess I better bring some bacterial wipes next time. A little anti-back. Straighten that tray table situation out. Okay. Before I let you go, leave you with a quote from one of the all-time greatest comedy movies. Of course, Airplane, I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it, it's a 1980 parody film. It is hilarious, and it kind of... I believe invented that genre of taking dialogue literally and using it to comic effect, let's say. So there's a little dialogue here I pulled out. So Rumac says, you'd better tell the captain we've got to land as soon as we can. This woman is to be gotten to a hospital. Elaine says, a hospital? What is it? Rumac says, it's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now. Okay, I'm not an actor. I wish I could uh, actually just insert that clip into the show, but I don't have those rights. If anybody listening has the rights to Airplane, I will go back and I will um, insert the the actual audio from that. Or if you know how to do that, how do I get those rights? I don't know. I'm just a lowly independent podcaster here trying trying to just get along and entertain here. Anyway, hope you were entertained by this show. Hope I didn't include... Too many bad airplane puns for you as we bring this in for a soft, gentle landing. Have a wonderful day. Smile and make it a great one. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week. Peace and love to you and yours. Have a great day. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.